Psalm 35. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simon Wainwright. The Treasury of David. Volume 2 by Charles Spurgeon. Psalm 35. Title A Psalm of David. Here is all we know concerning this psalm, but internal evidence seems to fix the date of its composition in those troublous times when Saul hunted David over hill and dale, and when those who fawned upon the cruel king slandered the innocent object of his wrath, or it may be referred to the unquiet days of frequent insurrections in David's old age the whole psalm is the appeal to heaven of a bold heart and a clear conscience irritated beyond measure by oppression and malice beyond a doubt david's lord may be seen here by the spiritual eye divisions the most natural mode of dividing this psalm is to note its triple character its complaint prayer and promise of praise are repeated with remarkable parallelism three times even as our lord in the garden prayed three times using the same words the first portion occupies from verse one to ten the second from eleven to eighteen and the last from nineteen to the close each section ending with a note of grateful song exposition plead my cause o lord with them that strive with me fight against them that fight against me take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me say unto my soul i am thy salvation let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the lord chase them let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the lord persecute them for without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit which without cause they have digged for my soul let destruction come upon him at unawares and let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction let him fall and my soul shall be joyful in the lord it shall rejoice in his salvation all my bones shall say lord who is like unto thee which deliverest the poor from him that is too strong for him yea the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him one plead my cause o lord with them that strive with me plead against those who plead against me strive with my strivers contend with my contenders if they urge their suit in the law court lord meet them there and beat them at their own weapons every saint of god shall have this privilege 
the accuser of the brethren shall be met by the advocate of the saints fight against them that fight against me if my advisers try force as well as fraud be a match for them oppose thy strength to their strength jesus does this for all his beloved for them he is both intercessor and champion whatever aid they need they shall receive from him and in whatever manner they are assaulted they shall be effectually defended let us not fail to leave our case into the lord's hand vain is the help of man but ever effectual is the interposition of heaven what is here asked for as a boon may be regarded as a promise to all the saints in judgment they shall have a divine advocate in warfare a divine protection two take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help in vivid metaphor the lord is pictured as coming forth armed for battle and interposing himself between his servant and his enemies the greater and lesser protections of providence may be here intended by the two defensive weapons and by the lord's standing up is meant his active and zealous preservation of his servant in the perilous hour this poetic imagery shows how the psalmist realized the existence and power of god and thought of him as a real and actual personage truly working for his afflicted three draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me before the enemy comes to close quarters the lord can push them off as with a long spear to stave off trouble is no mean act of loving-kindness as when some valiant warrior with his lance blocks up a defile and keeps back a host until his weaker brethren have made good their escape so does the lord often hold the believer's foes at bay until the good man has taken breath or clean fled from his foes he often gives the foes of zion some other work to do and so gives rest to his church what a glorious idea is this of jehovah blocking the way of persecutors holding them at the pike's end and giving time for the hunted saint to elude their pursuit say unto my soul i am thy salvation besides holding off the enemy the lord can also calm the mind of his servant by express assurance from his own mouth that he is and shall be safe under the almighty wing an inward persuasion of security in god is of all things the most precious in the furnace of persecution one word from the lord quiets all our fears for let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul there is nothing malicious here the slandered man simply craves for justice and the petition is natural and justifiable guided by god's good spirit the psalmist foretells the everlasting confusion 
of all the haters of the righteous. Shameful disappointment shall be the portion of the enemies of the gospel, nor would the most tender-hearted Christian have it otherwise, viewing sinners as men we love them and seek their good, but regarding them as enemies of God, we cannot think of them with anything but detestation and a loyal desire for the confusion of their devices. No loyal subject can wish well to rebels. Squeamish sentimentality may object to the strong language here used, but in their hearts all good men wish confusion to mischief-makers. 5. Let them be as chaff before the wind. They were swift enough to attack. Let them be as swift to flee. Let their own fears and the alarms of their conscience unman them so that the least breeze of trouble shall carry them hither and thither. Ungodly men are worthless in character and light in their behavior, being destitute of solidity and fixedness. It is but just that those who make themselves shaft should be treated as such. When this imprecation is fulfilled in graceless men, they will find it an awful thing to be forever without rest, without peace of mind, or stay of soul, hurried from fear to fear and from misery to misery, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Fallen angels shall haunt them, good angels shall afflict them. To be pursued by avenging spirits will be the lot of those who delight in persecution. Observe the whole scene as the psalmist sketches it. The furious foe is first held at bay, then turned back, then driven to headlong flight, and chased by fiery messengers from whom there is no escape. While his pathway becomes dark and dangerous, and his destruction overwhelming. 6. Let their way be dark and slippery. What terrors are gathered here? No light, no foothold, and a fierce avenger at their heels. What a doom is appointed for the enemies of God. They may rage and rave today, but how altered will be their plight ere long. And let the angels of the Lord persecute them. He will follow them hot foot, as we say, never turning aside, but like a trusty pursuivant, serving the writ of vengeance upon them and arresting them in the name of unflinching justice. Woe, woe, woe unto those who touch the people of God. Their destruction is both swift and sure. In this verse, the psalmist brings forward the gravamen of his charge against the servants of the devil. For without cause, without my having injured, assailed, or provoked them out of their own spontaneous malice, hate, they hid for me their net in a pit. Even as men hunt for their game with cunning and deception, innocent persons have often been ruined by traps set for them, into which they have fallen as guilelessly 
as beasts which stumble into concealed pits and are taken as in a net. It is no little thing to be able to feel that the enmity which assails us is undeserved, uncaused by any willful offense on our part. Twice does David assert in one verse that his adversaries plotted against him without cause. Net-making and pit-digging require time and labor, and both of these the wicked will expend cheerfully if they may but overthrow the people of God. Fair warfare belongs to honorable men, but the assailants of God's church prefer mean, ungenerous schemes, and so prove their nature and their origin. We must all of us be on our guard for gins and pitfalls are still the favorite weapons of the powers of evil. 8. Let destruction come upon him at unawares. This tremendous imprecation is frequently fulfilled. God's judgments are often sudden and signal. Death enters the persecutor's house without pausing to knock at the door. The thunderbolt of judgment leaps from its hiding place, and in one crash the wicked are broken forever. And let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. There is a lex talianus with God, which often works most wonderfully. Men set traps and catch their own fingers. They throw up stones, and they fall upon their own heads. How often Satan outwits himself and burns his fingers with his own coals. This will doubtless be one of the aggravations of hell, that men will torment themselves with what were once the fond devices of their rebellious minds. They curse and are cursed. They kick the pricks and tear themselves. They pour forth floods of fire, and it burns them within and without. 9. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. Thus rescued, David ascribes all the honor to the judge of the right. To his own valorous arm he offers no sacrifice of boasting. He turns away from his adversaries to his God and finds a deep unbroken joy in Jehovah. And in that joy his spirit revels. It shall rejoice in his salvation. We do not triumph in the destruction of others, but in the salvation given to us of God. Prayer heard should always suggest praise. It were well if we were more demonstrative in our holy rejoicings. We rob God by suppressing grateful emotions. 10. As if the tongue were not enough to bless God with, David makes every limb vocal. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee? His whole anatomy he would make resonant with gratitude. Those bones which were to have been broken by my enemies shall now praise God. Every one of them shall bring its tribute ascribing 
unrivaled excellence to jehovah the saviour of his people even if worn to skin and bone yet my very skeleton shall magnify the lord which deliverest the poor from him that is too strong for him yes the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him god is the champion the true knight-errant of all oppressed ones where there is so much condescension justice kindness power and compassion the loftiest songs should be rendered come dear reader have you not been delivered from sin satan and death and will not you bless the redeemer you were poor and weak but in due time christ sought you and set you free o oh, magnify the lord to-day and speak well of his name false witnesses did rise up they laid to my charge things that i knew not they rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul but as for me when they were sick my clothing was sackcloth i humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into mine own bosom i behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother i bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother but in mine adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together yea the abjects gathered themselves together against me and i knew it not they did tear me and ceased not with hypocritical mockers in feast they gnashed upon me with their teeth lord how long wilt thou look on rescue my soul from their destructions my darling from the lions i will give thee thanks in the great congregation i will praise thee among much people eleven false witnesses did rise up this is the old device of the ungodly and we must not wonder if it be used against us as against our master to please saul there were always men to be found mean enough to impeach david they laid to my charge things that i knew not he had not even a thought of sedition he was loyal even to excess yet they accused him of conspiring against the lord's anointed he was not only innocent but ignorant of the fault alleged it is well when our hands are so clean that no trace of dirt is upon them twelve they rewarded me evil for good this is devilish but men have learned the lesson well of the old destroyer and practice it most perfectly to the spoiling of my soul they robbed him of comfort and even would have taken his life had it not been for special rescues from the hand of god the wicked would strip the righteous and naked to their very soul they know no pity there are only such limits to human malice as god himself may see fit to place thirteen but as for me when they were sick my clothing was sackcloth david had been a man of sympathy he had mourned when saul was in ill health 
putting on the weeds of sorrow for him as though he were a near and dear friend his heart went into mourning for his sick master i humbled my soul with fasting he prayed for his enemy and made the sick man's case his own pleading and confessing as if his own personal sin had brought on the evil this showed a noble spirit in david and greatly aggravated the baseness of those who now so cruelly persecuted him and my prayer returned into mine own bosom prayer is never lost if it bless not those for whom intercession is made it shall bless the intercessors clouds do not always descend in showers upon the same spot from which the vapors ascended but they come down somewhere and even so do supplications in some place or other yield their showers of mercy if our dove find no rest for the sole of her foot among our enemies it shall fly into our bosoms and bring an olive branch of peace in its mouth how sharp is the contrast all through this psalm between the righteous and his enemies we must be earnest to keep the line of demarcation broad and clear fourteen i behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother i waited on him assiduously comforted him affectionately and sympathized with him deeply this may refer to those days when david played on the harp and chased away the evil spirit from saul i bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother he bowed his head as mourners do the strongest natural grief was such as he felt when they were in trouble the mother usually wins the deepest love and her loss is most keenly felt such was david's grief how few professors in these days have such bowels of compassion and yet under the gospel there should be far more tender love than under the law had we more hearty love to manhood and care for its innumerable ills we might be far more useful certainly we should be infinitely more christ-like he prayeth best that loveth best fifteen but in mine adversity they rejoiced in my halting they were delighted my lameness was sport to them danger was near and they sang songs over my expected defeat how glad are the wicked to see a good man limp now say they he will meet with his downfall and gathered themselves together like kites and vultures around a dying sheep they found a common joy in my ruin and a recreation in my sorrow and therefore met together to keep the feast they laid their heads together to device and their tongues to deceive yea the abjects gathered themselves together against me those who deserved horse-whipping fellows the soles of whose feet were kneading the bastinado came together to plot and hold 
hole-and-corner meetings like curs around a sick lion the mean wretches taunted and insulted one whose name had been their terror the very cripples hobbled out to join the malicious crew how unanimous are the powers of evil how heartily do men serve the devil and none decline his service because they are not endowed with great abilities i knew it not it was all done behind my back what a fluster the world may be in and the cause of it all may not even know that he has given offence they did tear me and ceased not it is such dainty work to tear to pieces a good man's character that when slanderers have their hand in they are loath to leave off a pack of dogs tearing their prey is nothing compared with a set of malicious gossips mauling the reputation of a worthy man that lovers of the gospel are not at this time rent and torn as in the old days of mary is to be attributed to the providence of god rather than to the gentleness of men sixteen with hypocritical mockers in feast they gnashed upon me with their teeth like professional buffoons who grin around the banquet to make sport so they made a business of jeering at the good man not however out of mirth but from violent insatiable hatred like cake scoffers of men who will jeer for a bit of bread these hireling miscreants persecuted david in order to get a bellyful for themselves from saul's table having moreover an inward grudge against the son of jesse because he was a better man than themselves very forcibly might our lord have used the words of these verses let us not forget to see the despised and rejected of men here painted to the life calvary and the ribald crew around the cross seem brought before our eyes seventeen lord how long wilt thou look on why be a mere spectator why so neglectful of thy servant art thou indifferent carest thou not that we perish we may thus reason with the lord he permits us this familiarity there is a time for our salvation but to our impatience it often seems to be very slow in coming yet wisdom has ordained the hour and nothing shall delay it rescue my soul from their destructions from their many devices their multiplied assaults be pleased to set me free my darling my lovely only precious soul do thou rescue from the lions his enemies were fierce cunning and strong as young lions god only could deliver him from their jaws to god he therefore addresses himself eighteen i will give thee thanks in the great congregation notable deliverances must be recorded 
and their fame emblazoned. All the saints should be informed of the Lord's goodness. The theme is worthy of the largest assembly. The experience of a believer is a subject fit for an assembled universe to hear of. Most men publish their griefs. Good men should proclaim their mercies. I will praise thee among much people. Among friends and foes will I glorify the God of my salvation. Praise, personal praise, public praise, perpetual praise should be the daily revenue of the king of heaven thus for the second time david's prayer ends in praise as indeed all prayer should let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause for they speak not peace but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they opened their mouth wide against me, and said, Aha, aha, our eye hath seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord, keep not silence. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself, and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so would we have it. Let them not say, We have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. 19. He earnestly prays that as they have no cause for their enmity, they may have no cause for triumph either. In his folly, sin, or overthrow, neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. The winking of the eye was the low-bred sign of congratulation at the ruin of their victim, and it may also have been one of their scornful gestures as they gazed upon him whom they despised. To cause hatred is the mark of the wicked. To suffer it causelessly is the lot of the righteous. God is the natural protector of all who are wronged, and he is the enemy of all oppressors. 20. For they speak not peace. They love it not. How can they speak it? They are such troublers themselves that they cannot judge others to be peaceable out of the mouth comes what is in the heart riotous men charge others with sedition they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land david would fain have been an orderly citizen but they labored to make him a rebel 
he could do nothing aright all his dealings were misrepresented this is an old trick of the enemy to brand good men with s s on their cheeks as sowers of sedition though they have ever been a harmless race like sheep among wolves when the mischievous is meant mischief is soon made unscrupulous partisans could even charge jesus with seeking to overturn caesar much more will they thus accuse his household at this very hour those who stand up for the crown rights of king james are called enemies of the church favorers of popery friends of atheists levelers red republicans and it were hard to say what besides billingsgate and babylon are in league twenty one yea they opened their mouth wide against me as if they would swallow him uttering great lies which needed wide mouths they set no bounds to their infamous charges but poured out wholesale abuse trusting that if all did not stick some of it would and said aha aha our eye hath seen it glad to find out a fault or a misfortune or to swear they had seen evil where there was none malice has but one eye it is blind to all virtue in its enemy eyes can generally see what hearts wish a man with a moat in his eye sees a spot in the sun how like a man is to an ass when he brays over another's misfortunes how like a devil when he laughs a hyena laugh over a good man's slip malice is folly and when it holds a festival its tones and gestures far exceed all the freaks and mummeries of the lord of misrule twenty two this thou hast seen o lord here is comfort our heavenly father knows all our sorrow omniscient is the saint's candle which never goes out a father will not long endure to see his child abused shall not god avenge his own elect keep not silence rebuke thine enemy and mine o lord a word will do it clear my character comfort my heart o lord be not far from me walk the furnace with me stand in the pillory at my side the sweet presence of god is the divine cordial of the persecuted his painful absence would be their deepest misery twenty three stir up thyself be upon thy mettle prove that thou art no indifferent witness to all this infamy awake to my judgment take the sceptre and summon the great assize vindicate justice avenge oppression do not tarry as men do who sleep even unto my cause my god and my lord he claims a nearness to his god he holds him with both hands he leaves his case with the righteous judge he begs that the suit may be brought on 
heard, tried, and verdict given. Well is it for a man when his conscience is so clear that he dares to make such an appeal. 24. The appeal is here repeated. The plaintiff feels that the joy of his accusers will be short-lived as soon as impartial justice rules. The oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the fool's grimace, all, all will cease when the righteous Lord sits down upon the judgment seat. 25. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so would we have it. Let them not say, We have swallowed him up. Disappoint them of their prey when their mouths are ready to swallow it. Saints are too dear a morsel for the powers of evil. God will not give his sheep over to the wolfish jaws of persecutors just when they are tuning their pipes to celebrate their victory they shall be made to laugh on the other side of their mouths they are all too sure and too boastful they reckon without their host little do they dream of the end which will be put to their scheming their bird shall be flown and they themselves shall be in the trap the prayer of this text is a promise even before the lips of the wicked can frame a speech of exultation they shall be disappointed their heart speech shall be forestalled their wishes frustrated their knavish tricks exposed twenty six here is the eternal result of all the laborious and crafty devices of the Lord's enemies. God will make little of them. Though they magnified themselves, he will shame them for shaming his people. Bring them to confusion for making confusion. Pull off their fine apparel and give them a beggarly suit of dishonor and turn all their rejoicing into weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth truly the saints can afford to wait twenty seven let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause even those who could not render him active aid but in their hearts favored him david would have the lord reward most abundantly men of tender heart set great store by the good wishes and prayers of the lord's people jesus also prizes those whose hearts are with his cause the day is coming when shouts of victory shall be raised by all who are on christ's side for the battle will turn and the foes of truth will be routed yea let them say continually let the Lord be magnified. He would have their gladness contributory to the divine glory. They are not to shout to David's praise, but for the honor of Jehovah. Such acclamations may fitly be continued throughout time and eternity, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. They recognized David 
as the Lord's servant and saw with pleasure the Lord's favor to him. We can have no nobler title than servant of God and no greater reward than for our master to delight in our prosperity. What true prosperity may be we are not always best able to judge. We must leave that in Jesus' hand. He will not fail to rule all things for our highest good. For by his saints it stands confessed that what he does is always best. 28. Unceasing praise is here avowed to the just and gracious God. From morning till evening the grateful tongue would talk and sing and glorify the Lord. Oh, for such a resolve carried out by us all. End of Psalm 35 Recording by Simon Wainwright